AI is already controlling our lives through social media. And now we're having AI content everywhere, whether it's Midjourney, ChatGPT, uh, but we're seeing even OnlyFans is actually getting taken over by AI. Uh, what do you think about this, Jay? What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, my, my biggest advice to everybody right now, and I'm taking this advice myself, is your job in the future, like five years from now, it doesn't exist yet. So what you'll be doing in five years from now, it just doesn't exist today. So you got to kind of think, where are the spots that you can take your skills once AI kind of replaces what you do today, but still have a place in society where you're creating value? And uh, I, I mean, I'm not 100% sure that's going to happen. You know, it depends what industry people are in. So I don't want to scare people. But I truly think like that now, dude, because you just see AI, you say only fans, and that's not... You know, it doesn't take a rocket science to see how that would work, right? Um, there's not really a huge brand in all of these stars necessarily <clears throat> uh, personality, maybe in certain certain things like models, you know, guys and girls, really. So when AI can just imitate the look of these these people, and then you can put a personality inside the AI. And it can talk to people and it can scale because it can talk to, you know, a thousand of its fans at once in an intimate way in AR, VR, or just on your phone. I mean, that doesn't take a rocket science to figure out how that could obviously work. But I think what's really interesting is people just don't care at a certain point if it's an imitation. They just don't care. And I think that's something that we're finding. And I thought that they would care, but they don't seem to care. And it's not even like the best imitation just yet. It's like it's getting better uh, still, there's new neural nets networks that are coming out. I mean, the spike neural net, it seems like that's the top of the line right now. Uh, and there's a lot of research being done with those. But it's funny how we don't care at a certain point when imitation crosses that threshold. I think that's the that's the main thing. Content creation, obviously, it's not there yet. It's going to be there. You're going to have AIs that talk about certain subjects and they have a, a brand and they actually have a personality. That's what I think. So jobs, AI. I definitely agree with that. We can see that we're already headed there. I saw there's an Instagram account that's just an AI girl. And this guy's just having AI pictures (laughs) like and these he makes these model pics. It's the same girl. And then he has a website where you can pick every week like, hey, which picture do you like the best? And then that goes to the Instagram. So it's like people kind of controlling this AI still, but it's the AI's Instagram. So we're kind of seeing this hybrid right now. I think where we're seeing a connection between us and AI, but eventually, right, that's going to branch off where AI does it itself, just like kind of how Go started getting better. Uh, these AI social media Instagram models, they're going to be like number one, like uh, followed by millions of people, and it's just going to be AI itself. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So yeah, just think about where your job could go in the next five years and what will exist that doesn't exist here. Yeah, I think a lot of people are probably thinking about that right now, where they're going to go, like whether you're a truck driver (laughs) thinking about, hey, these trucks are going to be driving themselves soon, whether you're, you know, a taxi slash Uber driver, where maybe we will have, you know, unmanned vehicles that drive around and pick people up. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, Does that include all transportation then maybe like buses and things like that, too? Are those people going to have to look for different jobs? But the biggest thing that happens, right, is like whenever there's something new technology wise, new jobs open up, like you're saying. We just don't know what those jobs are yet. So there's going to be jobs that people go to, It'll. we just don't know what they are. I think the 
my logic is it will happen quicker than ever before. Meaning you will have these kinds of moments where all of a sudden AI gets good enough to replace like 90% of the jobs in a certain field or industry. And then you'll have those 90% of people kind of be forced into something that the AI hasn't quite, you know, uh, been able to replicate yet, but it also necessitates someone to be there to, you know, perform some, some operation or just kind of be like a little bit of a composer. Um, I think about the Fiverr generation where, I mean, I've had people from Fiverr and I remember one person from Fiverr that, uh, was helping me with some stuff, uh, in my previous, you know, my previous career was, uh, some, there was, uh, somebody from Albania. <clears throat> now she was able to do things that anybody could do with Instagram. If they just took the time and effort to build the skills, but because nobody took the time and effort to build the skills and she obviously was able to undercut people because what I was able to, you know, pay her was real, like a lot in Albania at the time. Right. And she was phenomenal. Um, what was interesting though, is that's what I think is going to happen with AI. You, you have so many tools and services, right? And the people that master those tools and services and become the orchestra composers of these tools and services can afford to pay for 10 of them at once and, and make a product that's very professional. And if you are a musician, a content creator, uh, a whatever, a project, right? And you can send a piece of content or some some something that you need and, and it can you know, be done at a fraction of the cost from these kind of composers of AI tools. And it can be done, you know, very quickly. And it looks incredibly professionally, like it could compete with, uh, you know, the top of the line of companies that are spending, you know, lots of money to have these humans do all the processes that the AI tools can do, right? Then you kind of have this interesting effect where all of a sudden, these AI composers, it would be insane for us not to use them. If they can create a video at the fraction of the cost, we send them the content, they can make it like a, a high production movie. So we're going to start using them until we don't, until there's an AI for that. And then, there, then there'll be a new market that opens up that these kind of uh, like just more scrappy people, you know, and I've been there, I've been kind of, you know, trying to get the arbitrage in the market, learning new skills, but... I think uh, just scrappy entrepreneurial people will be the first to those markets and everybody else will realize and they'll start to build a brand or a career around them. And uh, I could see a Fiverr-like scenario with these AI tools where people just learn really how to use them better than most. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Uh, right now, there's so much stuff you can use to make content that maybe somebody who's already helping people do that. Now with AI assistance, they can create it even faster. So maybe they took on more clients and then they can make up for that money paying for these AI services. So say if like there was like an editor who just did the basics and these people don't know that there's an, you know, an AI program they can use to cut out all the silence in their videos. And he's just like plopping them in there and then bringing it right back to you. And you don't even know, uh, yeah, he could be making a little bit of money there. So there's definitely think, some I stuff going we, on. I think we will know. Like, I think we're going to know that there's this guy that's using 18 different AI tools, putting them all together to make something fancy looking that we've mm -hmm. just never seen before. And I yeah. think he'll be able to do it in six minutes and he'll be paying for the pro tiers of all these subscriptions because he'll be able to afford it since he has yeah. clients that want him. So, yeah, I definitely I definitely think we're going to have these um, 
kind of like the guy with the stick in an orchestra. We're going to mm-hmm. have a bunch of them, and we're going to send them stuff to, to produce in high quality. They're going to send it back in very short time, and it will just be stupid not to use them for, like, a lot of things because they'll be so cheap. And then speaking of AI tools, I think there was, like, a new one that you found that you wanted to talk about a little bit. Yeah. So <clears throat> the way I look at this one is it creates an oracle. Like, it is, I mean, like, it's in that space. It's in that space of creating an Oracle because what it does is it allows you, it's called browse AI. And I did a full video on it. You know, the title of the video is websites are the new APIs. You can go to any website. For example, you can, you can really go to any website. Like, I'm not just saying that, like, you can really go to anything. You can go to TikTok. You can go to Twitter. You can just like whatever data you're trying to capture, you can create this bot that will capture that data. So let's take Twitter. Let's say every single day you wanted to put out a uh, news article or a newsletter of the most influential people in artificial intelligence tweets. And it was just their, their tweets. This bot could run so that way every day it captures 20 of the most influential people in artificial intelligence tweets. And you can set them up. It captures all the data. It runs every 24 hours. And it puts that into sort of a data set that you can then take and maybe send it to one of these AI composers to make it into a newsletter, right? And they would probably use AI to do that. Um, You could also make a price feed. I mean, you could not just have it run every day. You could have it run every minute. And it could be connected to the Dow Jones. Like, it could be connected to crypto assets. It could be connected to these different price uh, sort of catalogs. And you could have a real-time price feed of these prices that you then list on a website or you then put into, you know, some, or, you, or you give to others to use. Because we all see Bloomberg and Fox having their own kind of oracle that shows when they, you know, when they do a news story. Have you ever seen, like, the chart in the back that has all the prices? That's mm-hmm. actually, like, a little bit harder to do than people think because you need that real-time price data. And they're doing it live when they have their shows. So it's kind of like, you know... To be able to now create that in such an accessible way and all the things that can come from that, there's a few business ideas that have come out of this product. Like I saw a YouTuber talking about how, you know, Instagram accounts are being sold on a marketplace. So he could literally take all the listings from that Instagram marketplace. He could make a new website where those listings are also posted and arbitrage as a middleman. So he would just raise the cost of each of those Instagram accounts by 200 bucks list them with a little brand and community, people could buy them on his site, all the payment details would go onto the origin site, and you might see a drop shipping effect with SaaS products or marketplaces. Um, now, it's interesting. I think it's interesting. It's called a data scraper tool. I sent it to a few developers. Now, here's the thing. The feedback I got was, this is something new. The accessibility that this data scraper offers, it is new. And there's a couple of them that I found, browse.ai, Apify. uh, There's a few of them. But the the thing is, it takes any website, turns it into an API, right? I look at it more as like, you know, it's kind of like retrieving data, almost, you know, in that Oracle space. And you can just, it's so accessible. But the other feedback I got from people that were kind of studying data scraping for a while is they wanted... uh, you know, they seem to want to be very cautious of saying that this is new because data scraping's been here for a while. But the new part is instead of, you know, costing you an arm and a leg in, in a few days to scrape some data, this costs about three seconds. 
So, I mean, it's hyper fast. It's extremely fast compared to what the data scraping industry has been used to. And, you know, that to me uh, is going to change things a lot in everything, in every space. If people are able to just create their own, you know, Oracle points, right? Or if they're able to just create their own, you know, uh, like updated price data feeds. I mean, a lot can happen in that space. And developers were saying that too. Yeah, that's pretty cool to actually think about. Because uh, from like an outside overlay, it's like sounds like, oh, I thought we already had that type of thing. But the way you're describing it, it sounds like it's, you know, even more usable than before. Because before somebody would have to kind of program out, get their own API set up. But what you're saying is like any website, pretty much you're just like, boom. It doesn't even have to have like an API already set up. You're just like, I want to get data from this website. And now you can't. That's <laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah, you know, exactly, bro. That's like why I also, you know, some people are like, hey, be careful of saying this is new. It's not new. But then it's like, well, it's so damn fast and accessible that it feels new. Like, like that's, <laughs> that's the, uh, that's where it feels new. Yeah. Um, you could do it yourself instead of having like people that, you know, have to code some program to run, you know, and, or, or just have people manually go and get that data, you know, and, and it just, it it obliterates a lot of money that's going towards people that are customly getting you know data because the mm -hmm. speed and accessibility just changed. So that's that's what I think mm -hmm. is interesting. All right, yeah. I mean that sounds pretty cool. I'm gonna have to look into that one. Yeah. Uh, another topic I want to talk about was uh, so stable coins, right? They're a huge industry, billions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cardano is finally getting uh, a new stablecoin called Jed that everybody's been talking about for like two years. Uh, so what do you think about stablecoins? You think they're good, risky? What do you, what's your opinion? Yeah. So now we're talking about crypto, right? So you got, uh, you got this crypto is interesting because you, everything's kind of related to, to like the values of all these coins are, are fiat kind of, you know, like if you, uh, didn't have a bridge to fiat from crypto, uh, I always, I always, uh, I always ponder how much people, how hard people would work to get these things, right? So the stablecoin is kind of like, you know, trying to trying to create a store of value inside of a economy that's happening in crypto. So that way, maybe you don't have to just, you know, sell your crypto into fiat to have a store of value, but maybe you can just, you know, temporarily have some stability in your portfolio. Now, stablecoins have been cursed uh, for a while, and uh, I think it's I think it's it's more of the algorithmic ones that have been kind of cursed. We've probably seen most of the money that was hacked or some of the biggest blemishes on the crypto industry come from stablecoins. It's kind of like something that everybody really wants to have, but. There's a few different types of stablecoins, and some of the types of stablecoins are very attractive to have, like an algorithmic stablecoin that can be pegged to any asset, not just the dollar. Have we figured out how to create that effect? Uh, I'd argue we, we haven't really done enough research, and most of the research is really, is really uh, being done in, in JED, but... You know, it's still an experiment, I would say, and the experiment's part of the research if JED will you know, I know that they, they're a little bit more conservative because I've done some research on Jed. They're taking a more conservative approach. They have a bigger weighting. And then they also, you know, were, I actually thought that going after accredited investors showed like they're not going to be 
making these absurd moon boy yield promises, which anytime you see that, you just got to put your foot on the brakes. I mean, like, what are we talking about here? They're trying to... Yeah, but you can tell people are still, like, in that algorithmic mindset. It's really weird because people are like, I don't trust it because of what happened with Terra Luna. And it's like, well, you do realize I had, like, a ridiculous amount of APR that you shouldn't have been able to get at all. And they're like, they're I like, oh, yeah, okay. But with boy. Jed, the moon boy, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like a great word, the moon boy. I'm glad that that emerged from crypto culture because mm-hmm. what it really is, is ecstasy from thinking that you're getting rich. And you basically mm-hmm. see these people, uh, when you first see it, even, even, even myself, when I first saw the yield, <laughs> I was like, whoa. Hold on. If I, uh, okay, so this is, you know, a thousand percent APR. If I just, you know, invest this, like $20, I'll have a million dollars of the week or something like, and then you, you watch it, you put a little bit in and you watch it and you're like, this is, this is kind of like BS. This is just inflation or like you see the different mechanisms and you kind of gain a little bit more of an understanding. Um, so that's education because it, it is a deeper understanding, but Jed's taking a different approach. They're being much more conservative than what I've seen before. I think that that's good. I think that's what every algorithmic stablecoin enthusiast right now wants to see. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know Jed's starting to go by over collateralized. That's kind of like the term they're using because everybody's trying to differentiate themselves from Terra Luna, right? So Terra Luna is just algorithmic. And now you got over collateralized, which is going to be Jed. And then we have our fiat backed stablecoin. So three different types. And obviously, I think a lot of people know that the fiat-backed ones where it's like USDC and USDT. Uh, so yeah, those ones are actually have like a reserve of dollars somewhere, supposedly. Hope, like, yeah. <laughs> but say, you have to trust Trust me, bro. We got it. We got money here. You can't be too careful here with the crypto stuff because it's an unregulated industry. So I just think like um, there's so much potential for an algorithmic stablecoin. And it's if you actually dig in, like if you're just hearing about, you know, algorithmic stablecoins for the first time, I get it. Okay, it probably seems like nonsensical, but when you dig in to see what it's capable of doing, when you dig in to see like, okay, this is not necessarily something that's been proven out, but it's never really been done. So do we know that it couldn't create amazing effects, right? Like having different, you know, pegged assets that uh, retain their value, but actually have room for economic growth and Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the biggest problem with fiat because you do see these destabilizing moments when you're when you're kind of just going off of you know credit and you're printing money and and then you have you know unseen circumstances that maybe cause you to print money when you really the system isn't ready for it and then usually when they raise when they're forced to combat inflation it always creates like disastrous effects like we haven't really quite cracked that code yet so i think that we should be careful um condemning crypto or algorithmic stable coins because there could be something really interesting there that could be really helpful for humanity however you know there's all the scams there's all the high <laughs> apys yeah then there's all the potential disaster from good intentions just simply failing and because it's an experimental kind of stage um for all this stuff I think that it deserves to have the murky cloud that it does, but you also got to give it room to grow because it's very infantile. Yeah, but you can tell like even countries and governments are taking a look at these things. Yeah. And they're seeing, 
No, I'll probably I have to cut that part out. But yeah, you can oh, tell yeah. that there's like uh, governments looking at these things, right? Because they're dealing with central bank digital currencies now. So like governments are even looking into kind of having some kind of digital currency, whether that's going to be a blockchain, you know, technology or just like its own thing. But they're seeing there's something here, right? So I don't know. We'll kind of see where this goes. Yeah, I think at one point I have on the whole government thing, I don't know what's going on still. Like I hear, you know, you saw, I think it was um, Russia, China, a few other countries talking about making, you know, some kind of stable coin or some kind of currency, uh, maybe a few months ago, right? And you had that picture of, you know, uh, all these world leaders shaking hands. There was like four of them. And then, <laughs> yeah. And you hear these rumors, right? And you know that the U.S. is working on something uh, with a CBDC. So you know that it's down the pipeline. What I don't think anybody knows, though, is like there's there's a couple of ways to look at it. One way to look at it is to be completely naive and think that nobody's working on this stuff. And it's just like the fiat system is going to like just, you know, end in 20 years. Uh, and crypto is just going to take its place. And then there's another way to look at it where you think, every you know world leader is conspiring against the people and you just have these like conspiracy theories all this stuff is happening dude i think this stuff is so new that i just think a lot of people are probably still unaware of how it actually works that uh mm-hmm. you know that could be like the world leaders of the country sector and i just think that they're trying to wrap their heads around it meanwhile they also think like okay we don't really like some places around the world are kind of desperate. So they want to find like something, like something that could be a solution to, uh, you know, systemic issues, right? I think also- Yeah, I mean, a lot of countries, yeah, are already having problems with their own currency, right? Where it's just spiraling Mm -hmm. out of control with the inflation. Uh, So they're looking for something also, yeah. I think El Salvador was a great example of that because I mean, why not try Bitcoin? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like when you- like, why not try Bitcoin? I mean, there's not really anything else to try. And it doesn't seem as crazy to just be like, well, maybe this will be the people's money or the, the money of the internet and we all mm-hmm. just use it. And maybe it could be a good investment. And there's really not that much else to try. And these places are, I think, desperate to, to get something, to get some piece of the pie. I think that's mm-hmm. why the UAE is going to be so regulatory friendly to, to blockchain and crypto, because like, why not? Like it could be at 30 years before this industry really returns on the investment. And that's what people really need to, to realize. But, you know, by being regulatory friendly in 30 years, the UAE would look incredible for making that decision. So, mm-hmm. and, and you got these other bigger countries sort of, you know, not wanting to go as fast with it. Like, like uh, the US or obviously, you know, China's kind of locked locked down on a lot of things. So like, I think, you know, these smaller places or these desperate places will absolutely just uh, lead innovation. All right. Uh, what was your next topic? Um, the, the browse AI. And then uh, I think the only other thing to mention, I don't think I had one. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, dude. I don't know, maybe uh, next week, cause we've been here for what? We got, we got, we had a good show, I think, right? It's, uh, okay. It's- yeah, we can use that. We, we should have enough there. We got 25, almost 25 minutes of stuff. Uh, yeah. Did you want to go jump in spatial with me real quick? And we'll get like a clip of us in that thing and just throw it online and it'll get people to like look at it. Yeah. Let's make sure that this is downloading first though. So I can like play around with it, snip it up. Maybe. Okay. Uh, so we're good. I'm going to stop the recording. Yes.